It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. All right, everybody. It's Friday. Game day weekend. Season one. A dad and a daughter talk Notre Dame football. We are around the table with Maggie. How are you doing? How is it going? How are things? I can't believe it's already the start. Here we go. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement. Uh, We've set our clocks to be up early in the morning watching game day. And I think probably tomorrow's a full day of football watching with, of course, for us, I believe it's an 1130 start, Notre Dame versus Navy from Dublin. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, kind of let's just talk one last time about the offseason. Um, let's kind of move into camp is over. We know the depth chart. Let's talk a few things about that, Maggie. So what do you think was either the best thing or something through the offseason, kind of the most notable thing that happened in the offseason? I don't know about most notable, but something I forgot we didn't even discuss last episode was Matt Bayless's departure from the program. Oh, right. No kidding. I, that is actually – so what do you think about that? I think it was a little bizarre. I looked up why it happened. It was a very brief search, but he just said personal reasons, which I guess I could understand because I use personal reasons as a description for a lot of things on this show. <laughs> sure. But I thought it was weird because he's been with the program for a long yeah. time, and he made a whole – basically sub-program within right. our football program. And he loved Notre Dame. I mean, yeah. That was dream job He's from Chicago. Yeah. So it's just very confusing, and I haven't seen him pop up anywhere else. So I wonder if he's maybe just taking some time because you'd think that he would have left with Marcus when Marcus Freeman came in when there was a coaching right. change. But, right. Right. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what, what, do you think, what do you think this is going to do to Notre Dame? Well – I mean, obviously, he took a long time to actually leave the program. So I'm thinking that a lot of the work that was done has already helped the program a decent amount. Um, but I kind of hope that everything stays up to par for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll know like either in the second half of the season or we'll know um, in the second half of how we do. I, you know, I don't know if it'll make a mark this year. I am nervous about the future. I mean, he was a to me, an important part of Notre Dame's kind of resurgence. Um, It was a problem before he got here, our fitness. Um, I thought he brought a lot of energy. They seemed to love him. Um, So I don't know. I was shocked by that. That's a good point, Maggie. Um, The surprise I had is that, or maybe it's the best thing out of the camp, was that there were really no injuries. It seems like every year at this point, and I was holding my breath uh, every day, there's some sort of injury that really kind of um, hurts Notre Dame, you know, a major player. You're talking like an Avery Davis or – or something of that type, but th- there wasn't any. I mean, certainly, was it Bomb Bauman mm-hmm. being out it hurts the depth at tight end? Um, but I think it's something that they'll cover. Um, there was also a ah, shoot, I can't remember the name now. A defensive lineman that went down, um, but I don't know that it's going to be uh, substantial because supposedly the defensive line had a great camp, which you could almost say that's the surprise coming out of camp. But I was just happy that you know there is wasn't a significant injury of anybody where you're like, my goodness, we're already starting down a major piece. Um, so everything looks good moving ahead. Uh, so let's just jump right into it, Maggie. How, how does Notre Dame beat this Navy team? 
who has a new coach. Um, Kent Montalolo uh, is out after 17 years at, at Navy, uh, replaced by, I can't think of his name at the top of my head. Uh, uh, anyway. Just had it up. Yeah. Just had it. It's uh, it was, Newberry. Yeah, right. Brian Newberry. Newberry. Brian Newberry, who was the defense coordinator uh, at Navy, I believe, for the past four seasons, and then was at Kennesaw State, I want to say, before that. Um, so who knows? I don't think they're getting away from running the veer or running whatever, you know, the, the option kind of game that they play. Um, they might run it a little bit differently. Supposedly this guy's more of a Paul Johnson clone. Um, but anyway, it's a funky game always to play Navy because they play such a different offense and they play that Nerding will not face for the rest of the year. How do you think they get it done, Maggie? Well, I'm more excited than nervous about this game, which has been kind of a pattern for the Navy games in the past. Maybe I should be more worried, probably. Um, but I, I would say generally good quarterback play from Sam Hartman. I'm actually, I said this last episode, very excited about having Hartman there because he kind of has a resume that I've, a good resume being at Wake Forest. So I'm excited to see how that kind of plays into Notre Dame. Our quarterback has not been the strongest position in the past few seasons, and it's been kind of dull I would say, with uh, Cone and um, Pine. But um, also just no stupid mistakes. I mean, cover your tackles and make sure that there are no interceptions. Um, so that kind of stuff. Just generally, no mistakes. Yeah, I think you're onto something there too. I think also converting third downs, you know, three and outs are going to kill you against Navy because they'll hold the ball forever. They're going to go for it on fourth down. Winning first down is always important with Navy. You don't want them to get into a second and six even or a second and four, which you want to get a second and nine. Um, and then they go to third and seven and then you really have them. Um, so I think that first down play is going to be crucial on defense. Defensive line play, obviously crucial. And then on offense, Sustaining drives, third down plays, um, a third and five becomes a monumental play in these games. So a guy like Jaden Thomas, maybe he's one of your tight ends. Uh, Chris Tyree, I think, is going to have a monster game. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit because uh, I think he's going to be vital. Kind of what you're saying with Sam Hartman, he's going to be looking for those release guys, and and I think Tyree is going to be that guy this time. Um, and so I, you know, I hear that Notre, I see that Notre Dame is. Uh, over 50 pounds on average, more offensive line versus defensive line. I think Audric Estime should have a good day. Um, I really hope our offensive line just destroys their defensive line, which they should, and it shouldn't be a problem. But um, do you want to do the score right now? Now let's not do the score quite yet. Let's do, um, so I was looking, you know, thinking back at this game, Maggie, and I don't know if you know, if you remember, I believe last year, Notre Dame got off to something like a 35 to nothing lead. And then, and then Navy fought their way back in the second half with Notre Dame just going several three and outs. Um, which Notre Dame game do you think will show up? The first half or the second half? Or a mixture of both? So will it be a blowout? Will it be a tight game? Or will it be kind of like Notre Dame's always comfortably ahead? Um, I mean, I want to say the first half um, because we didn't even score in the second half right. of that last right. game. Um, I actually, I watched the highlights from it and I forgot how much, how different it was right. half to half. It was weird. Um, but I really don't see that second half happening offensively with our offense this year. Um, I think we're kind of lost at that point in the season, mm -hmm. especially with like receiving, yeah. um, besides Michael Mayer. <laughs> um, so I don't really see that happening. And also defensively, we are young. But also we have J.D. Bertrand and Jack Kaiser. Yeah, linebackers and, were not. Yeah. Right. 
I, I agree with you. I do think the difference, like you were saying before, will be Sam Hartman. Um, when pressed, I think Drew Pine really couldn't handle the zero pressure that they were putting on last year. I really see Sam Hartman as somebody, a veteran quarterback, has seen this all before. Nothing will surprise him. He will be able to guide us through. Um, I do think we, with Sam Hartman, always the turnovers could be a problem. But um, and like you were saying, we, that'll be a, a killer if that happens. But I don't see that happening in the first game. I think our talent was too much for them. And I think we'll be comfortably ahead probably by two touchdowns most of the game, um, if not by more. Um, so who's your offensive player to watch uh, Let's this, this game? I mean, you kind of touch on a few of them. I've touched on a few of them. But who is your one player that – just the one that's going to have a big game? So, I mean, I'm going to say besides Sam Hartman because I feel okay. like I was kind of t- – but I wanted to focus on the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I'm going with Jaden Thomas. Mm-hmm. Last time with Navy, he kind of had – well, he only had one touchdown, but it seemed like he had more of a standout game yeah. that time mm-hmm. um, besides Braden Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, Who made that incredible catch. Yeah. yeah. So – I'm going to say Jaden Thomas. He's a little bit more comfortable this year with the team, and he's a little bit more of our wide receiver – or, yeah, wide receiver one. So oh, he's for sure, yeah. I'm going with Jaden Thomas. Okay. Uh, I already said Chris Tyree. I expect Chris Tyree to have eight catches, probably 80 to 90 yards, so a lot of intermediate stuff. Um, I could see Tobias Mayweather having a nice game. I hope he does because I think that will really stretch Notre Dame. And, Audre, I mean, Audrey Gustame – uh, should go over 100 yards. Um, but I'm I, if I pin down to pick a player, I'm going to say Tyree. I think Tyree is going to have several opportunities on the offensive side of the ball to make a lot of plays, and his speed will be the difference. Um, I'm really excited to see him uh, catch the ball. All right, uh, defensive player to watch. I am actually between two on this one, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Um, I am going to go with, well, geez, I don't want to pick a safety. I would pick Xavier Watts, but I don't want to pick a safety because that means that with a team like Navy, that they're running the ball too much down deep in the second, uh, secondary. I am going to go with, I mean, the name Tulia, Tulia Maka keeps sticking in my head. I'm going to go with him just because it, for whatever reason it's in my head. So Tulia Alamaka, I mean, I just like to say the name, but he's my player of the game. Well, I was hoping you'd say one of the one of the two people that I chose, but I'll go with. So JD Bertrand didn't even play this game last year um, because he was suspended, I believe, which is uh, unfortunate. But I think it definitely showed in that second half. So um, I'm looking forward to the veteran linebackers um, in this game. So I'm going to say JD Bertrand. My other player is was um, Javante John Baptiste. Because he's oh, new, and yeah. we did talk about the size difference between their mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. and our line. Although I heard that their offensive line might be kind of okay, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I'm also looking forward on the offensive side of the ball. Blake Fisher, I want him to have a monster season. Not that I want to lose both Alt and Fisher, but I think it's definitely a possibility. And this would be a nice start for him. Really blowing up his guy would be a, a nice thing. Um, is there? Here's kind of a, just kind of a curveball. Is, is there a player that has to have a good have a good game? Um, for you to, for us to win? Like, who's like the most, maybe the most crucial player, offensively or defensive, to have a good game for us to be successful? And you can pick someone you already picked before. Well, I mean, I kind of like to pick on our defensive backs just because I feel like the position's been a little, last year especially, it was a little bit rough. Um, so I'm going to say Cam Hart. He's coming back from an injury. He's been on the team for many seasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um so I think that if he plays well and kind of shows that experience, then it will 
the game will go better than worse. Okay. Uh, all right. I will go with like the same thing. JT Bertrand. I think, um, am I wrong? Did he play in the last Navy game? I don't think he played. I, I think, think he was suspended. suspended right? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. What a huge, I would, I, I can't wait to see what he does in this game. I think Bertrand, uh, leads the team in tackles and, um, will be the most important player to, to have a good game on the defensive side of the ball for sure. Um, I just think Hartman will have a good game. And I think, one of those receivers, probably Thomas, will have a good game, if not that Merriweather. So um, the most important player, JT Perchan. All right, final score, Maggie. Give me a final score. So I think they're favored by like three touchdowns, right? Yeah, I think it's 20, 20 and a half, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm going 38-17, Notre Dame. 38-17? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny. I'm going to go 45-17. So even more than you, but I still like that 17 number. And probably a late touchdown. I think it's probably 45-10 most of the game. What do you, how do you think the, the, it rolls out? I think that it's going to be like, we're going to score a lot and they're going to get like a touchdown in the beginning and we're going to settle in okay. maybe a field goal in the second or third quarter. And then they're going to get a touchdown at the end, but All it right. won't matter. All right. So, so you're 38, 17, I'm 45, 17. All right. All right. So obviously the Navy game, we both are expecting a, a nice little cruise win. Um, but let's talk deeper. Uh, let's talk about playoffs. Now we both, I think, would say it's got to be eleven and one or twelve and zero uh, to make it. With that in mind, who is going to have to have the big year? Uh, like we just said, who has to have the big game? Who's going to have to beat Navy? Who's going to have to have the big year to for Notre Dame to be a playoff contender? And it can be offense or defense. Or when I was thinking about this one, I was just thinking about depth, and we touched on this last episode. But I think that. The question mark at the tight end position is still very big in my mind, probably probably because we lost Michael Mayer. Right, absolutely. So um, he's filled that position for like three years, and it's been kind of a constant. Um, even when the offense wasn't the best, you could always rely on him. So especially with Bauman now out, I think kind of solving that question of who our tight end is, it could be Holden Stays, it could be Mitchell Evans, it could be Eli Raridin. Um but just making a reliable tight end in that position is, I feel like, very important. Yeah, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it is the one position, if you go position by position, um, maybe not receiver, but where we definitely have a question mark or a possibility of a step down. I mean, I don't know if you ha- can have a possibility of a step up when you lose Michael Mayer. Um, but if you go position by position, running back should be, if not the same, better. Quarterback is definitely better. Line is probably better. Wide receivers, eh, it depends on who steps up. And tight end is the one where you're like, geez, how do you replace a Michael Mayer? So I think you're you're spot on with that. If one of those guys steps up, do you have one? Did you say one that you said was going to pick up? A wide receiver? No, tight end. I, I Okay, I, I said like Eli Raridan last time. Okay. I said Eli Raridan last time. But I honestly am not picky. <laughs> I'm not picky. Just <laughs> anyway, one of them. It's going to be a tight end. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with Tobias Mayer, whether I know that's kind of the – pick of the you know the flavor of the month kind of pick um but if he had a gigantic year and became the player we kind of think he could be uh notre dame's playoff is definitely a playoff contender it's funny that we both picked offensive players with kind of some defensive question marks are you comfortable with our defense right now i just think last season the offense was weaker than the defense so this year with the new people in those positions i I'm looking for the offense to step up more. And I, I know that we lost players on defense, but I still feel more confident in our defense than offense. Is there some player that you think will step up on there? On the defense? Like a Riley Mills or a, you said um, 
his name Baptiste. I would like it to be Baptiste because you know he is coming from Ohio State, which is right. big right. program. Right. Um, but I don't know. I'm not as worried about the defense as I am the offense. I, I do think it's interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see them in the second year of Al Golden's um, tenure there. And I've heard that he's made some subtle changes and, and better kind of scheming um, to actually scheme against the teams that we're playing. So I, I'm interested to see what that comes of that. Um, I also think with that linebacker crew, they're such a veteran crew. Um, we shouldn't be fooled by much. Um, that being said, there is an experience up front. And there's an experience in the backpack end with Watts, but Watts has such so much athletic talent. Um, that'd be interesting to see. All right. We're going to just, we can't go a podcast these days without talking about Tyler Buckner. And the newest news out of Alabama is that Buckner is probably the third quarterback coming out of the depth chart. I don't know. Did the depth chart get released today? I don't know. I, I heard that he was going to be third. I should actually look it up here as we're talking. Maggie, first of all, does that surprise you? Second of all, is this, what should he do? It just makes me very, I mean, it's not upsetting because he's not on our team anymore, but it's sad, you know, because um, a year ago, if you told me that Tyler Buckner was a third string anywhere, I'd be like, that's just crazy. But it also makes me wonder what Tommy Reese was telling him to recruit him because you would imagine that those conversations were, I'm going to Alabama, you should come with me, and that it was assumed that he was going to be the starter because they don't have a lot of, I mean, Bryce Young just left. They don't have, it's Alabama, so they have a good quarterback lined up, but they don't have as much experience as Tyler Buckner would. So it makes me sad, but it also makes me wonder about that relationship between Reese and Buckner and how that's going because I feel like if you're going with your offensive coordinator, you guys should have an understanding that you would be starting, but um, maybe I'm incorrect. Yeah, well, everything I see looks like Jalen Milrow, which is the surprise out of the three, actually, for me. I thought Simpson would probably, if you were going to tell me somebody beat Tyler Buckner out, i go, okay, it's, it's Ty Simpson. Uh, but Jalen Milrow is going to be the uh, quarterback, uh, and supposedly Simpson will play, and then Buckner probably gets some time, and then even Dylan Longren will get some play in their first game, but um, my goodness, Tyler Buckner, um, kind of an error. Where does this end, Maggie? Do you think he'll fight back and win the job, or do you think he's out of there after this year? I mean... And he'll go like the Keevan Slovis kind of route. I think that he's kind of out of there. Yeah. Um, the JT Daniels. Yeah. World. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, I was going to yeah. say Stetson Meadow, but that's actually the opposite yeah. of what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And you think he ends up on the West coast still? We, we're kind of confident, right? Yeah. Maybe Cal or Stanford. I yeah. Think. Or maybe back to Notre Dame. Well, Cal- wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, that would be, I great. feel like we'd have him if he wanted to be a, a solid maybe. third string at yeah, Notre Dame. I, I think, I think that's why he left really is that he saw what Menchie could do and he knew Carr was coming. So uh, that's just what I thought. Uh, let's talk about this though, because I was actually thrown because Drew Pine is also not going to be the starter. Um, so Let's talk about Drew Pine, Jacob Lacey, and Prince Colley all transferred out, and Buckner. Um, pretty major names, uh, all starters at certain points of the time. Colley sort of was on his way. Um, I don't even know if Colley's going to start in Vanderbilt. Uh, I haven't been following, but I haven't heard. What do you think it says that Drew Pine is now the second-string quarterback at Arizona State? Uh, Jacob Lacey, I think, is going to start for Oklahoma. Um, and then, but they're not a great program right now. They're wounded. 
and Prince Kali went to Vanderbilt, and I'm not sure if he's on the field or not. What what are we thinking about this? Is this just bad recruiting? Are we not coaching people up? Because you know these guys all left Notre Dame and then didn't have success. Are we doing it with? I mean, maybe our talent. Maybe it's, it's a good thing. Maybe it shows our talent pool is rising. I don't know. What do you think? I would see it more as a positive, maybe an individual negative for those people who are transferred out. But um, overall, looking at the program, I think it's a positive because we're kind of telling people there's someone else that's here that's more talented than you are or we think can co- we can coach up more. Um, and, you know, it's fair of them to leave to find better options, um, even though you might not be starting. I don't think Prince Collie is starting. I think I read something where the position he's playing, there are returners. Mm-hmm. So he might get a little bit play- of playing time, but he's not going to be a starter just yet, maybe mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I don't even see him listed on this one site that I'm looking at on the depth chart at all, and it's three deep uh, at linebacker. Um, and you're right. The middle linebacker is a senior, but there is a sophomore and a freshman that they have listed ahead of him, so I'm not sure. Um, and then what about, what about though, the more the news of, of Drew Pine? Does that surprise you? He's a backup at Arizona State? I mean, that is surprising because – I don't think a Notre Dame Arizona State transfer is that common, especially looking at the culture of those two two right. schools. Um, so I figured that he was going because he would be a starter, and he w- it was kind of a younger program. Uh, I think they have new coach last season. New coach, right? Um, so kind of trying to rebuild, and Drew Pine would be part of that. But you can't be too much of part of it if you're not starting, which was surprising. Sorry, everybody. Somebody sent me a message. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm looking right now at the week one um, for the depth chart. I'm not sure if this this is. I don't think this is. If this is true, I don't think this is true. The depth that I'm looking at this must be a different year. I think it's 2020. I think I'm looking at the wrong year. Oh yeah, I am. T- sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, I, I find it funny that uh, Drew Pine isn't the starter starter, but we'll find out what happens. Maybe he'll hang around. Um, I think you're right though. I think it speaks more for Notre Dame's new talent pool being being better than it once was. All right, Maggie, your favorite part, the picks. We are going to do the picks uh, this year, everybody. Last year, I won't say who won, but it was me. Okay, Maggie, what do you think? I always like to take a risk with the picks, you know? Okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, You might see uh, one that I took a little bit of a huge leap on. but um, So I went with all the games besides Notre Dame this week, um, plus the game on Thursday. That's interesting um, because we won't do a show before Thursday. Um, so the first game is, uh, UTEP <laughs> oh, okay. at, uh, Jacksonville state. Jacksonville state is newly in the FBS. I, or in the F. Yeah. The FBS. FBS. FBS yeah. yeah. Oh, FCS. F- yes. FCS. Okay. Who do you have? I have UTEP, um, because of what I just said. I think that it might be a close game. I really don't know a ton about these two programs um it's kind of a week zero type of game but um i'm going with utep as am i utep go miners another great matchup uh umass at new mexico state these teams are kind of in the same boat um they're kind of at the the bottom of the 200 something teams that are in the f whatever yes yeah um you can pick first on this i'm going I've heard um, that uh, UMass got a ton of transfers this year. They're an improving team, and New Mexico State is not. So I'm going UMass. Uh, I heard something different. 
Um, I actually didn't hear anything, anything. So I went with New Mexico State. It's at New Mexico State, and that's my main mm-hmm. reason of mm-hmm. picking them. I think these teams are pretty fairly matched. Yeah, can't wait to watch. Yeah. Um, next, we have Ohio at San Diego State. Um, I'm going with Ohio. This is actually a really good game. Uh, Ohio has a really nice quarterback. Is his name Tanner Rourke or something like that? Really good quarterback. Um, so good that I don't know his name. Uh, you're going Ohio? Shoot, I mm-hmm. wanted to go Ohio. I'm going to go with Brady Hoke and the San Diego State as texts for my roommate. Uh, College roommate. Next, we have Hawaii at Vanderbilt. This is an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. At Vanderbilt? Is it at it's Vanderbilt? at Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah, because they played at Hawaii last year. Is it my turn? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Vanderbilt because I think they're like a 17-point favorite. I think the game is closer. If you're going to bet on it, betters out there, I would probably go with Hawaii because I think Hawaii is actually better than people let on. Um, but they aren't on the island, so I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. I am agreeing. I'm agreeing on this one. I, I like Clark Lee, and originally I actually chose him because of Prince Collie, but you know, as we learned, that's not uh, actually probably going to happen this year. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Um, but I also just think that's such a far trip. I know Hawaii, I think they traveled like in the past, maybe same day as we traveled to Ireland, but I just think that's a very long flight. That's no fun. Yeah. Next is San Jose State at USC. This is the one I'm taking a leap on. Wow. I yeah. Like you're not off. I don't think. Well, you are a little bit. San Jose State State has the old Hawaiian uh, quarterback. So, um, yeah, Kadero or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just a fact. I don't know if it'll help them at all, but um, I just, first week, I'm not rooting for USC the first week. Uh, I'm going to say USC is going to win. It's probably going to be 60 to 40, and it's going to be close for a bit, and then USC pulls away. I just think uh, San Jose State can keep up with them offensively, but there's not going to shut them down defensively. And I think just uh, like a classic uh, USC team, um, they're going to give up a ton of points and score a lot of points. So I'm going with uh, USC myself to win the game, but it will be close for a bit. That's my thoughts. The last game is FIU at Louisiana Tech. Oh, I thought you were picking the Thursday game. All right, the last game of tomorrow. Oh, okay. Then we'll do one last okay. one. It's your turn. Go first on the. I'm going with FIU. I am going with Louisiana Tech. Both had very similar records. I think FIU ended on a three loss streak, and Louisiana Tech left on a four loss streak. You're doing some really good. Yeah. So I'm going, but Louisiana Tech's at home. I will pay you ten dollars if you can tell me what the FIU mascot is without looking. Oh, I'm looking at a photo of it right now. It's the Panthers. (laughs) Darn it! But it's not. But I. It's only the logo. I can't even. Yeah, you're right. But that doesn't count. You're I couldn't tell you what the Louisiana Tech are. Oh, oh, I <laughs> uh, okay, and um, and the last one. This is an interesting game. It's Thursday. Yeah. So almost in a week. Right. Um, it's Florida at Utah. That is a great game. And is it my pick first? No, it's your pick. Ah, good. I'm going with Utah. I don't like Graham Mertz, and he is the starter right now at Florida. I just don't believe in him. I, I don't. Right I think you're right on. I think they got the better quarterback and they're at home. So you got to go with Utah. Right. Right. All right, everybody. There's the picks. Take those to the bank. <laughs> Maybe not my San Jose State That could be the upset, man. Come on. There has to be an upset this year. We could be back next week and you could be just be like, I'm a genius. Rolling in money. Right. I mean, and you may know what, you may know. 
the Louisiana Tech mascot by that point. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap it up. Maggie, give it to me. Catch you on the flippity flip, everyone. All right. Go Irish. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. 